Hello and welcome to another episode of Community Conversations, the podcast for those who have a heart for helping others. In this podcast, we cover the topic of kinship care and explore the questions you might ask yourself if you're thinking about caring for others or advising others. Now to unpack the conversation with our special guest, it's over to you, Pietro. And, uh, and welcome today. I'd like to welcome Tina Anderson, who's the Hunter Region Coordinator for Mirabelle Foundation, and Melinda Smith, who's a grandparent and also a carer. I'd like to start off by just having a quick chat with you, Melinda. Melinda, you've been through quite a journey with your own daughter. Can you share some of the journey with us and how you come to be raising your own grandson? Okay, so my daughter was a drug addict. Um, she had a, a few children and they were all removed from her care. I have the, um, the last child that she had. Um, he's now eight. I've had him since he was a baby. It's been a wild journey. It's been a roller coaster journey. And guess what? It still continues today. It just never goes away. <laughs> now, you've got other children. How many children do you have? And how have they responded to those challenges that you mentioned about raising Chase? Uh, you're a family so it's not like all this has happened without them yeah okay so I have five children all together um, being four of them have left home and have their own children or off married and and what's that but I've got a 14 year old at home still so he was six when Chase came into our care but it has been um, difficult for the older children as well I have to my, my middle children don't have children but my eldest daughter does and it impacts her that I'm not available for her like a normal grandmother as well. Melinda you were introduced to Mirabelle through a support group as I understand it. How do people typically find out about these support groups and what's available and what sort of services are available to you as a grandparent from these support groups as as a kinship carer? So um, I was introduced to Mirabelle through a wonderful woman that um, worked with Mirabelle for a while and she's now retired. Um, There's many services, there's lots of things that they offer to us, whether it's um, educational needs or we can just, they're just at the other end of the line if we want to call them, if we need to talk to anybody. There's plenty of stuff like court supports letting people know, um, helping them with um, things with Centrelink and facts and all different sorts of things. There's just a huge range of things. What's been the uh, What's been the area that's been particularly helpful for you? For me, it's been educational, educational support, helping with things that, that I've needed for, for my grandson. But there are a lot of other things. They have mentors, they have Christmas parties, great Christmas parties. There's um, big days out just picnics through throughout the year for for grandparents and their grandchildren would you mind telling us what what's what's a big day out i can i know what a big day out might be for for me you know but what what, what's a big day out for for you and for for chase okay so we haven't managed to get that to one yet because my grandson hasn't been old enough but he is this year um so luna park where they take the children, they have volunteers and they take the children into Luna Park while the grandparents get a little bit of pampering and have a little bit of a cruise around Sydney Harbour and things like that. And there's a like a wet and wild in Sydney, I don't know what it's called, but it's... I think they it's get, wet and wild. Yeah. Wet and wild? Okay. It's raging waters. Oh, raging waters. Raging okay. waters. Well, we're going to bring you now uh, into, um, into the mix, Tina. Sure. But before we get into the nitty-gritty about Mirabelle, tell us the backstory about how and why Mirabelle got started and and what does the name actually mean? 
Yeah, so Mirabelle was founded um, 21 years ago now by our CEO, Jane Rowe. Um, Jane was a drug and alcohol counsellor down in Melbourne and it was during the heroin epidemic down there where there was a lot of overdoses. Um, during that time, Jane was attending a lot of funerals for, for the clients that she was working for and she was seeing these children at the funerals and she, she wondered what happens to the children, where do they go, who looks after them, who cares for them um, and from that Mirabelle was born. So it was born around her kitchen table. She identified that there was a need in the community um, and decided to form Mirabelle. That sounds wonderful. So what's your role? Uh, how many families does Mirabelle support perhaps in the wider Hunter and Central Coast region? And let's just talk about that first if we could. So my role is the Hunter Region Coordinator. We also have a family support and new support worker up in um, Newcastle. Around the Hunter and Central Coast, we're supporting 900 children. Across both states, New South Wales and Victoria, we're supporting over 1,800 children. That's quite a few children. So what's the criteria for people to receive support from you? It's pretty easy. People who are caring for kin, so whether it's a grandparent, an auntie or uncle, a cousin, a sister, a brother, they just give us a call for a chat. So give us a call. We'll see that they fit our criteria, and that criteria is that they are in kinship care due to illicit drug use, and then we'll do an intake, and then we can start supporting them um, from there on in. You mentioned, it was it 900 or you mentioned 900 here in the, in the Central Coast? Yeah, roughly around 900 children. How many people, how many people do you, uh, would you speak to on, a, on any given day? Well, today, for example, I would have spoken to around 25, 30 carers. That's a lot of people. And a couple of young people on as well. Own. Yeah. That's, that's a big, big job. Yeah, that's a lot of phone time. So, Tina, I understand that Mirabelle is the only kinship organisation in Australia to support carers. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, Pietro. We, um, we're the only organisation that provides what we do for kinship families um, within terms of support and helping out financially and providing the young people and children with a sense of purpose and belonging. Melinda shared about how she found out about Mirabelle. But could you tell us the other ways that people could come to you and maybe some of the services that you've actually offered? I know you mentioned briefly, but maybe if you can expand on some of the more specific services that, you, that are offered. Yeah, sure. So we offer advocacy. So we have a lot of carers who might be um, with the department, so FACS or DCJ. We can offer advocacy for them um, if they're sort of having trouble navigating the system. Um, we also offer informal counselling over the phone. We run support groups, so therapeutic support groups for our young people. We run camps. We run big days out, as Melinda touched on. We are running regional support groups online for our families that are a little bit isolated out there. Yeah, we just try to make all the children within Mirabelle have a great childhood. That's fantastic. So community services organisations, obviously referrals come from uh, wherever children are involved. Absolutely. Tell me something, What people like Melinda, what's, what do you think is their greatest need uh, for this type of support? Is it isolation? Is it the fact that they're disconnected? Is it, is it lack of uh, resources? What, what do you think of the... Sometimes it's just needing someone to talk to, someone to debrief. They might be feeling that they're getting the runaround from 
other services and they're not sure what to do and how to navigate things. I'd like to find out what happens on a typical day for you, like how many phone calls do you get? You've got a whole lot of people that you've got to look after. It's a vast region. Explain to us what a typical day might be like. Yes, I'll explain today. Um, Today started at 8.30 for me. I went out to collect some hampers for some of our families for them to come to the office and collect. Um, and then the phone starts ringing. So I did an initial intake with a new carer and they generally take about 90 minutes to do. This was a very complex family, so it took a very long time. Um, myself and the youth support worker were in today, so we were fielding calls from carers coming to collect the hampers. Um, a couple of crisis calls were in there that the carers just needed a bit of a debrief. Um, And then we had some of our young people come into the office with their carer, so we had to catch up with them. So days are busy. It's very busy, all all in the Hunter, as well as Melbourne. We're very, very busy. So have you just described a typical day then? That's pretty much a typical day, yeah. So how many phone calls did you get today? So I would have had about 25 to 30 phone calls. 30 phone calls. That's that's a massive amount of work, isn't it? It is. So obviously the need is great. The need is extremely great up here. We um, Around this region, we have a lot of families doing it tough. And we have a high percentage of drug use within the region. And for that reason, you know, we can have carers who are having issues with their children custody issues or issues with the children coming saying I want my children back and so on any given day every day looks different but they are very busy days. Um, Just out of interest um, can people volunteer and and support the uh, Mirabelle Foundation in some particular way? What what can they do? Absolutely yeah we rely on volunteers we've got a, um, a little pool of volunteers up in the Hunter now who They can come and volunteer on our therapeutic girls groups um, with us. We're trying to get a boys group started, so we need some male volunteers to come on board and help us out with that one. Um, We have family fun days where we might go to treetops. We might have an event at our office space at the Hunter Life Education Building. Um, We need volunteers for those days. What are some of the criteria for volunteering? We have a volunteer intake, so it's a bit of a training session. We just need people who have got a clear working with children's check. We do a police check on that person as well, and then we do a training session with them. What about age? Does it matter how old they are? No, age doesn't matter at all. So some of our current volunteers we've got who are doing university, so they're 18, 19, and then we've got volunteers that come who are 60. That's fantastic. So obviously the volunteers listening, well, people listening today, they, we'll give them some details later on how they can contact the Mirabelle Foundation and get in touch with you Absolutely. or your colleagues. Absolutely, we would love to hear from them. No problems at all. Melinda, can you tell us about some of the support uh, that you've received and you know who's, who's in some of these support groups that you've talked about before? Um, what do they do and how helpful are they? So you, the support groups with other, other carers like yourself. Well, um, the support groups that I'm in are run by the Samaritans. Um, they're a bit quiet at the moment because of COVID, um, but they'll be back on soon. Um, so who attends the support groups mainly at the moment are um, grandparents raising their grandchildren. It is open to all kinship care. We get a couple of younger ones or aunts or uncles or what come in and, and, they, and they come to learn what we know and um, we offer we offer that over the first thing I always say to someone new into a support group is 
Have you been in contact with Mirabelle? Are you able to join Mirabelle? Are you, is it drugs that you brought these children to you or whatever? And then we just go through the whole process, you know, contact Mirabelle, contact your grandparent support person at Centrelink and all that. So we are there just offering out all the knowledge we possibly can to help grandparents or kinship carers that are coming in. Most most carers that come in um, are looking for all that sort of advice and for friendships and friendships for their kids as well because like we, we like to let them let them know that they're not alone that we're all there we're all in the same sort of boat and um, they don't need to do the journey on their own I like what you said about uh, about information because I, I think there's a I don't know there's some quote that I've re- heard somewhere where information is knowledge and knowledge mm-hmm. is power. So to provide that information to people who maybe for the first time they may have contacted Mirabel today, one of those 25 people, and then you're providing that information which saves a lot of time and a, a lot of heartache and a lot of headache. Especially if they're just coming into it, if they're going through the process of getting their, their children, they may not have them yet, but if they come along to a group and I know a family that did this they came along while they were in court and they learnt so much they were ready to go the day the children came into their care they knew exactly what they were doing we talked about COVID-19 I want to ask a question Tina from a mental health perspective COVID-19 has been very challenging for everybody but how has it how has it impacted the on the support groups uh, that might be meeting here and some of the isolation that people might feel. Yeah, look, it's really impacted on Mirabelle in terms of our funding because we can't run our major fundraisers throughout the year. But also it's impacted on us in a positive way is that we've had to adapt. So we're now running our girls' therapeutic groups online via Zoom. Um, It impacts on the carers being at home with children when they'd normally be at school. So there's been some stress that we've had calls coming through saying, I just need to talk to someone. These kids are home. I don't know how to use a computer. I don't know how to homeschool. It's been a lot of pressure for a lot of people, but we've been there to support them through that. And as we always say, we're just at the end of the phone. Yeah, I mean, COVID-19 has been challenging for a lot of organisations regarding fundraising right across the globe. Um, how is actually Mirabelle funded? I mean, who actually provides the, the finances so that the children can go on the big day outs and the, the raging waters and also be, and also look after the, the running of the, of the operation as such? Yeah, so we're funded by generous people who donate to us. So we have very limited government funding in Victoria only. New South Wales is solely dependent on donors. So we run a couple of big functions per year which had to be cancelled this year. We run a ladies' lunch in Sydney that brings in quite a bit of money. We run other events throughout the year and from that, that's how we provide for our families. We understand that in Victoria there's there's funding available. Uh, However, it's it's limited here in New South Wales and the Hunter region. And so we're just putting a call out to to those that are listening here today, some generous donors, if they would have the capacity to provide uh, a complete tax-deductible donation to the Mirabelle Foundation. We're going to provide some details about that for individuals and businesses to get involved at the end of our podcast. So we'll have information available for you. So Melinda, tell us about the services you receive from Mirabelle and the difference that it's made to you and to your grandson, Chase. There's been some tough times and I've contacted Mirabelle and needed help with education services. Um, So they've stepped up and I've sort of 
gone out and brought school shoes and 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 school clothing things that he needs and then they've just refunded me that money they have helped with um sports Mm -hmm. when chase was doing temping bowling they helped um pay for that for me for the for the term and guitar lessons it's been a real big help and other carers i know they've they've paid for like all like football, you know, soccer, all those sort of different things. So, which is a massive help, isn't it? It is. It's huge. Otherwise, these kids probably wouldn't be doing it. Because it, it's all about normal life for our kids. Because sometimes these expenses come, you know, in the new year. We've just had Christmas and all those. You know, we, we, we sort of our credit cards to the max. Well, that's right. Because you know, you got Christmas, then they're back to school, and straight away we're into sport, and it's really, really tough. So, if you're on a pension, a pension alone, you might be a single grandparent. It's really, really tough. Melinda, you mentioned earlier that there are lots of grandparents in the support groups. Uh, are grandparents typically the ones who come to the rescue? Uh, with the kinship care? Well, from my knowledge, yes, it is. It's usually the grandparents that, that take over. But I've met a couple of kinship carers, like aunts or sisters, that are that have um, taken on their brothers and things like that. Yeah. So tell me, there's probably people listening to our podcast, I'm sure there are. What advice would you give to anyone who's at the very beginning of this kinship care journey? Get into a support group. Meet some new people and learn what's out there. Learn what you're you're entitled to. So like Google support groups, kinship care kind of things. Yeah, well, get onto Mirabel get because on Mirabel. you'll know exactly, they'll, they'll send you down the right path. So Tina, some of the families that you meet would be at different stages of the kinship care journey. Some are just at the beginning and others, others perhaps years into it. What are some of the similarities that you see in families? Our Mirabel families are very unique, but the similarities that they all share is grief. So their grandparents or aunties or uncles that are grieving for what their future would have been. They're grieving for children that they've lost to drugs. And they're also having to reparent at an age when they should be retiring, some of them. So it's a journey that's very conflicted for a lot of our carers. And Mirabel wants to ease the burden of what they're experiencing during this confliction and help them through the process. So Tina, what more needs to be done as a community sector? Like I'm part of the community as well and I'm a guy and what do you think we can do as a community sector to be more involved in supporting families just like Melinda that are in kin- and, and obviously grandkids or children that are in kinship care? You can spread the word about Mirabelle as a big start. We need funding. We're a children's charity. We're not government funded. So um, we need someone to back us and to give the children that we work with a childhood that they deserve. Um, We also need volunteers, especially male volunteers that can work in therapeutic boys groups with us, Um, volunteers that can come on our family days or our big days out that we hold, just positive people to make a difference in a young person's life who may, you know, that young person might be living with a single grandmother and they don't have a lot of exposure to positive male mentors. So we need people on board for that reason. I'm a guy, so how much, uh, how much time would I need to commit to helping you know, Mirabelle and, and these young guys? The therapeutic boys groups we'd run once a month. Um, if we had a, a number of volunteers, we could run them twice a month. 
And then our events we run throughout the year. So it's not a huge commitment, but it's just a commitment to changing a young person's life. Do you mind telling me a bit about this therapeutic boys group? What, what's involved? What, what's it about? Sure. So I run a therapeutic boys group last year and it was called The Art of Manliness. I run it with a worker from um, the Samaritans. And we had eight young people in this group and it was exploring masculinity. So what does it mean to be a young guy in today's society? What are your values? What's okay? How do you de-escalate situations? So rather than fighting, how do you bring such heightened situations down? Um, Who do you want to be when you're older? Who do you aspire to be? It's really about challenging today's stereotypical male and showing them that there's another way to be. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be, you know, you can feel hurt and you can feel emotions, but you can also talk about those emotions. And you can also, within this group, it's a safe space for you to be who you want to be. So how many young men in the group? At the moment, we're only running girls therapeutic groups because we don't have enough male mentors around to run the group. So what we're really calling out to guys right now, maybe they're they're tradespeople, they could be retired, they were once maybe in in scouts or boys groups or whatever, they might be senior executives in a bank. They just want to give one one or two hours a month, is that right? Yeah, so we run a two-hour session once a month is what we were doing last year but if we were to do it twice a month it would be four hours a month yeah i think it's great because we we all as a we're all part of the village aren't we we're all trying to raise these children together so i think it's a great idea great opportunity for men in particular like you're saying uh to be able to give a little bit back and and build into the lives of young men like you know your grandson chase uh and uh, and develop life skills I think it's fantastic yeah and it shapes that young person's life absolutely because every child deserves a childhood absolutely so Melinda can you tell us a bit more about the support groups and what you personally get out of it yourself the support groups that I go to um, when I first started I was I was feeling really really isolated Um, I'd lost a lot of a lot of friends um, when Chase came into my life and I, I just I just felt like I was alone and um, I went along to the group there at Charlestown and it was, I was just blown away by the amount of people that were sitting around this table and they all briefly told me their story. And when I walked out of there, I just thought, wow, there's so many people just like me. Um, over the years, because I've been going there now for you know, at least seven years, I've formed fantastic friendships. I don't know where I'd be today without them. We do outings together all the time. We we go out for coffee. We go out for dinner. We holiday together. We've done cruises. We've done mm. camps. All sorts of different together things. And our kids all come together. And they know they're not alone as well. Like, you know, they go to school and everyone's got a mum and dad and they're the, the little kids that really don't have a mum and dad. But when they come with us, and they see that there's so many other kids in the same boat. They just feel more accepted in amongst all that. So, yeah, I just got so much in in the social side of things from the group, as well as learning so many different things um, about people and their lives and their stories and where they can go, where we can go to help one another. I've actually really enjoyed speaking to both of you today 
It's been really fascinating. I've learned so much about the incredible work you do. You both have a heart and a passion for helping other people, which is what Community Conversations is all about. So I'd like to thank you, Tina Anderson from Mirabel Foundation for being a special guest here today, and to you as well, Melinda Smith, uh, for your incredible work that you're doing uh, with raising your grandson and, and also your passion for support workers. If you're a business person or an individual and you'd like to make a contribution, a financial contribution, or possibly discuss an opportunity, you could be a guy out there, maybe you want to be involved as a, as a volunteer, they can Google Mirabelle Foundation or they can go to their social pages. Or you can actually ring Tina uh, on 0240-232347. Or you can actually ring the head office and speak to Nicole Patton. And the number there is 03 9522 Now topics like kinship care, they can raise up a lot of emotions and if you need to talk through some of the things that we've discussed today, I'd like to encourage you to reach out to Lifeline. Another phone number is one three triple one four. And again I'd like to thank Michael Smith, our producer and editor, and I'm your host, Pietro Di Girolamo. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Community Conversations.